And welcome, you are listening to Heart of Mind, radio for the new millennium. I'm Katherine Davis, and today we're going to be looking at the spectrum of being. And by this I mean that part of us that is beyond our physical perceptions of the material world. And also looking as the human being, not just as the culmination of physical reality, but also looking at ourselves as human representatives of this greater spectrum that we are. Because our humanity, our human bodies, our being human is the vehicle through which we perceive and communicate but we can expand to much greater dimensions when we explore the full spectrum of our being. So stay tuned. I'll be right back. You're listening to Heart of Mind. Jesus. 
that was Liz Wright, and the piece is called Chasing Strange. It's from her Dreaming Wide Awake CD. And um, so that song, Chasing Strange, I, I kind of feel that um, tune today. And when I listen to these songs very often, I think of them rather than a rendition of a worldly relationship, though we are always in the world, I think of it in terms of the interplay between the various sections, facets of being, the mind, the soul, the spirit, um, the body, um, all of that interweaven into the context of the fullness of being. And today I also wanted to uh, look at the spectrum of being. And what do I mean by spectrum of being? I think in many ways I'm looking at it from the perspective of quantum reality. People very often uh, throw that word around. Uh, I do myself, in fact. But um, what does it really mean to be quantum, to be um, able to move through different kinds of realities? And I've come to feel that in, in some ways we're, we're really just looking at a spectrum of reality. So when you look at a rainbow, a rainbow goes through the various colors in the spectrum of light. And when you look at music, there's a certain spectrum of keys, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. And when you look at everything, there is a spectrum, there is a range of how that particular part of our experience is expressed. And so when I think of quantum realities, I think of it in terms of it not being some disconnected place, but that there is in fact a spectrum in which um, you can move through the various ranges of our um, reality and in that way move through different ranges of conscious awareness. It's all a spectrum and it isn't any, nothing is really defined by borders in terms of being separated from moving from one uh, range, one field in the range to the next field in, in the range of, of our spectrum. And I believe that this, the factor that changes one's ability to move through the quantum space or the spectrum of reality is governed mostly by our um, awareness, the um, our consciousness, and our fuel, which would be our energetic um, signature whether or not we have are living out our life within a certain density or um, that might be a weight to our consciousness or if we're living within a certain density that will uplift our awareness. So it's a way of looking at things more from signature 
its particular signature, its vibration, its color, its sound, rather than looking at things from the perspective of it's good or it's bad, it's up or it's down, it is um, this person or that person, this color or that color, uh, persons rather, but more um, understanding that we all live in this soup um, which sometimes seems very chaotic, but when we can identify within ourselves a, a certain vibrational resonance, then we began to become more defined within the chaotic soup of life, and we can move about in a way that is really very, very um, conscious from the perspective of being able to choose rather than being forced to react to everything. We're, we're in a space where we can make better choices for ourselves, And I think that this is um, where we get to the point that we can look at what's happening around us and to us with less judgment and with less um, um, impact of the world around us. It's impossible to, um, I would say, to be absolute about anything, but it gives us more and more of our personal power when we can define our residence from within and um, have a sense of our capacity of awareness so that we can look beyond what seems to be the obvious into the less obvious hidden aspects of our being, of our world, and of our reality. So if you look at the spectrum, you might think that the, um, you know, well, if you look at the spectrum from the perspective of what our senses can perceive, you will know that there is a limit to that physical perceptual quality in terms of the range of our vision, the range of our hearing, the range of our sight. I mean, we can look out on the ocean, we can see up to a certain point, but beyond that range of our vision, things will drop off from being able to see them in a defined way. And for some of us, it's close up. It would the range of vision would um, become blurry and drop off. And it's the same with our hearing and of the physical ears. And, um, and the same is true even of our speech. We can speak up into a certain distance and providing you have uh, mechanical assistance like a microphone, your speech can extend to a, a vast of difference. But just in the native qualities of our physical being, there are perceived limitations. So what I'm questioning with the spectrum um, about those perceived limitations is that they're really just perceptions. They're not the reality of what we can perceive, what we can project, and what we can define. And there is a reality that lives outside of our human perceptual characteristics. And so when we go deeper into our being, into the vastness or the the qualities of being, then we begin to open up different portals into the spectrums of reality. So when we look at doing meditation, for instance, 
when we're going interior to ourselves, we can become more centered and then we can become better um, uh, engaged with the various energies or entities that may be impacting our life. So for instance, if you are not paying attention to the internal thought forms that are working either for or against you, then you can be uh, existing in the world without understanding that spectrum of your reality. And a lot of people deal with um, thought forms through um, affirmations, for instance, creating positive thought forms, or through um, prayer, you know, um, elevating to a different um, focus, a different consciousness. Mantras are very similar in that regard. But um, there is a whole spectrum of our thinking and of our reality that is um, far beyond our normal um, perceptual limitations. And I think there is some truth that the perceptual limitations that we have as human beings is um, not so much programmed into the mechanisms of our human vehicles, of our human selves, but more programmed in through the mechanisms of our social interactions and our society and um, sort of the values of our education systems and religious systems so that we become almost jailed in what we allow ourselves to be able to perceive. So some people, for instance, through their religious practices might have a perceptual resonance for those beings referred to as angels. Um, but at the same time, if you can perceive an angel, um, would it be would it be also um, possible or advantageous to perceive the dark side of that um, force, that invisible factor, and say, well, if there are angels, are there also demons? If there are realities and consciousnesses that are encapsulated in uh, physical bodies, then are there then realities of beings that are uncapsulated by physical bodies? And it's it's my perception that this is true, and it, it may be that these energies, these consciousnesses are uncapsulated by a physical body, but may be um, expressed in a somewhat physical uh expression that might be at a different vibratory rate that is outside the range of our physical perception. So if there is a being that is vibrating in such a way that our eyes can't perceive it, does it mean that it's not there? Or um, is there a way that we can fine-tune ourselves to be able to connect with these other vibratory um, intelligences, vibratory awarenesses? And just as we can conceive of that possibility, we could also ask ourselves, well, is there aspects of myself, of my own being, that vibrates at a level that is not immediately perceptible to my physical senses? Do I have a vibratory part of myself that exists, coexists 
uh, with me, but is more expressive in a different vibratory realm. And from my perspective, um, this is the path of coming to an understanding of what these um, other realms in the spectrum of reality might be that um, rather than um, f this is for me personally rather than um, relying upon the um, the understanding that there are angels out there or relying upon the understanding that there is a divine um, God or a divine entity or a prime creator while I do um, believe in these things, I don't necessarily uh, take the path of um, immediately engaging in this kind of connection. And I always am uh, finding that um, taking the path inward and then exploring up through the my own personal spectrum to come in contact with and to begin to understand and communicate with those uh, that more expanded quality that I find within myself um, as a way of understanding that realm and being able to move through these invisible realms in a fearless way, in a way that allows me to um, explore and um, move away from my more common and more um, known, I'm more familiar with the physical spectrum. But I begin to recognize that there's a spectrum of my reality, of my beingness, that exists beyond the physical body. And the physical body is an important uh, part of who we are. And it is the part of us that renders sense to this existence. So we're in this physical realm and we need our bodies, we need our mind, we need our emotions, we need our intuition to be able to navigate not just our physical reality, we use it to navigate our relationships with each other, but we also use it to navigate the greater spectrum of our being to learn the um, vastness of who we are as beings and what our capacities are as beings. And because I started um, this journey from a perspective of believing and not knowing, I felt much safer by going in first and then from the interior expanding into that part of me that exists on um, say a level playing field with those beings that might be in the neighboring realms. So from this, uh, very often we think of our world as three-dimensional, but it's really four dimensions if you add time to this dimension. But there are also densities. Densities are different than dimensions. Dimensions are really a tool for measuring up um, sideways, perspective, and circular time. But when you go into densities, you're looking at an interaction with a realm that has a slightly different um, framework. So it's not quite the same framework as our physical reality, 
um, and this is the reality where you might find um, beings who who may have uh, moved beyond this plane who have transitioned. You might find beings who have never um, moved into the human existence. You might find um, energies that may not even be defined so much as a being but as a force of energy like I, I feel that in a great way like these uh, what we identify as fear, what we identify as hatred, what we identify as happiness, where we identify as bliss are energy. And we experience those things when we tap into that energy. And so when we begin to understand that we're dealing with energies, then we can, we can see where as a human being, a physical human being, we can exert some control or some um, boundaries for what energies we're going to engage with and what energies we're not going to engage with. It also is helpful to understand because within these fields of energies is also what we think of or uh, what Jung might describe as the collective unconscious in which all the combined thought forms and emotions of the human collective could be thought of as a force of energy that's going to have an impact on how we experience life. And there's also perhaps a force of energy that represents our ancestors, you know, what wisdom or what um, lack of wisdom our ancestors might have um, manifested into these energetic forms. And it doesn't mean that we're dealing actually with the ancestors, but with this manufactured energy field, because our thoughts become a thing, as they say, but it really becomes an energy. And that energy is a self-existent thing. And it can continue to repeat in a circle, creating a repetitious pattern in ourselves. It can continue to create um, you know, emotions and all kinds of things that will have an impact on our um, expression in this world. And one of the ways that we can see that is if you're just sitting at alone, home alone, we don't sit most often uh, with empty thoughts. We usually have thousands of things um, flowing through our mind. It might be um, a thought form of an event that happened and we held on to it or had an emotion about it. And so that thought form is floating around. Or we might had an experience as a child or you know anywhere in our lives that created uh, an emotion, a feeling, um, a thought, a judgment. And that becomes an existence. Uh, reality on some level of this dimension of, of our beingness. And so our minds are very often polluted by these energies and these thought forms that engage with our expression and can in many ways define our expression in our world. So if we are entertaining thought forms that are toxic to our life expression, then we will begin to self-perpetuate that toxic 
energy and that toxic behavior. If we have um, anger, that energy of anger, that energy of fear, if it's, it's constantly, if we latch on to that, then we begin to um, create scenarios in our mind that would be a, um, a reflection of that fear. So we might think, oh, well, you know, I ruined my relationship. I said the wrong thing. Now the person hates me or well, that person did something to me, and now I hate them. And, and so we begin creating upon that energy and then um, regenerating it or perpetrating, um, perpetuating it in our life expression. And so um, it's, it's just a level of awareness that we can begin to explore and understand that when we have these thoughts, when we have these feelings, when we have these influences, is to um, take a step back from it and determine if it's really something that is us, that is, um, is this me? And one of the ways that you can really make that distinction is if it's a thought isolated from a reality, then it isn't really you. It isn't really me. It isn't really something um, that's existing in the moment. It's something that we are creating in the moment. And so when we begin to realize that these energies are just flowing all around us, latching on to them and then creating this reality, then we begin to perpetuate a certain kind of reality. And so there's a certain way that we can begin to um, eliminate that process just in the recognition of it and by being willing to say, no, I'm not going to move into this space of anger. You know, this, for whatever reason, this thought has latched into my brain and I'm thinking about it, but I'm not going to perpetuate. I'm going to take a step back from it and I'm going to recognize that in my moment, in this right now, there's nothing that I'm afraid of. There's nothing harming me. There's no attack. There's no risk. There's none of these things are existing in my moment. Unless, of course, it is, in which case you would want to engage in a behavior that would directly deal with the situation as it is directly happening in the exact moment in which you are in that conscious awareness. So it may seem um, a little complicated. It's really not. It's really about just recognizing that there's a great spectrum of reality that we are um, in the milieu of. It's like being in the soup. Like when you look into a pot, you see a soup, all kinds of things bubbling around in it. Um, so this is a way in which the chaos functions, but we can create our own stability by recognizing those things that are not of us. And then we can begin to look in our now moment and see what is relevant and what is not and look to see what we're creating or recreating and make a conscious choice what it is that we want to create in our existence, in the current existence in which we live. And there's another side of that, and I'll, I'll get into that as well. The other side of that is when we are indeed in situations in which we are being impacted um, from the perspective of, I, will, I guess I will say, um, a discordance. Um, there may be a purposeful interaction with your consciousness to um, incite you to a certain kind of behavior or a certain kind of thinking. And um, 
it may not be something that you've originated, but that you're susceptible to because you're not holding the awareness that this kind of interaction can take place. And you could be um, very innocently minding your own business, doing wonderful things, and you could be intercepted by thought forms, energies, and it can have an impact on you if you um, don't recognize it and deal with it as it is occurring. So I'm going to play a little bit more music and um, I'm going to play Jewel, Absence of Fear from her Spirit CD. Stay tuned. Inside my skin There is this space it twists and turns It bleeds and aches Inside my heart There's an empty room It's waiting for lightning It's waiting for you And Oh, Lord. 
Again, that's Jewel, Absence of Fear. And um, really, I think what one of the things that I have most benefited from is um, as I move into those spaces of beyond the flesh, the physical, is that I have been able to um, become acquainted with those parts of myself that are fluent in these other realms of existence. So understanding that I have a part of myself that is fluent and is has a capacity to understand and navigate these realms of the invisible that is um, fluent and able to engage in the realms of the natural world, for instance. One of our greatest allies in our physical existence is the reality, the natural reality itself, which is why we are, um, most of us, enjoy being in a natural setting because that natural setting puts us in a place where we can have that strength, that ally, that understanding, that stability, that grounding. We sometimes when we engage in just spirituality, for instance, we lose track of the fact that we're also human. And when we follow religion, certain kinds of religions, um, certain religious practices and belief systems, there is a tendency to condemn the body because the body is somehow sinful. And there are ways in which we are programmed as a society to disconnect from our natural reality, the fact that we are of the natural world. That means that we energetically are connected to the earth and its um, processes and powers. Energetically, we're connected to the air, to the breath, and its um, connection and manifestation to spirit. And also um, how we can, um, you know, we're connected to the growing process. Everything we see in nature is a part of what we are because our bodies in many ways are vegetative. They're like plants. We have um, viruses and bacterias in us. We have all kinds of muscles and sinews and circulation. So it's just like the planet with, um, you know, we look at this, um, uh, many, most of you must have seen the volcano in, in Hawaii. There's a way in which it's very majestic to see this red lava recreating the earth in a way that is very primal. It represents a danger to anyone who wants to have a house on the side of the volcano where the lava is rowing, um, flowing. But there's a way in which you can see that this is how the earth was formed. These are how the continents are formed. This is how the earth functions. It pulls from deep within it this extreme uh, radiant heat and power that restructures the earth. And we can understand that when that cools, then the earth itself brings forth vegetation and seed. And, and it can just renew itself in a way that is very powerful if we can look at it that way. Well, we as human beings, in terms of our bodies, our physical, emotional, psychological, mental body, when we connect to nature, we connect 
of course, on the level of our humanity to that power where we can bring through that natural power that can put things back into order and re-extend ourselves into the world as something that's renewed. That's a natural power that we have as human beings. It may be more esoteric in that we're not talking about the earth sending lava through our bodies, but energetically, it can send through your body the energy that you need that's going to power your blood to pump, that's going to power your muscles to be able to contract, that's going to power your digestion, that's going to be able to renew your mental processes, create reconnections between the hemispheres of the brain. Um, When we connect with nature, we move into a different vibration that allows our body to move into a much more calm, resonant state. So the natural world is a very powerful ally for us as human beings, but also recognizing that our bodies itself are part of this natural world. If we begin to relate to ourselves as this uh, magnificent, creative power that we can engage with in such a way to heal it, to move it, to create with it, to serve with it, to all the things that we do, we do with our bodies. And that includes the physical, the mental, the emotional, or the feeling body and, you know, the spiritual body, the psychological bodies. These are all Um, different dimensions or the spectrum of our humanity or all these things that are engaged with our body and with our experience. So when we think of our body less as a just a car or a vehicle and think of it as more of an extension of our expression, then we can begin to care for it and not demonize it and recognize it and communicate with it as just a part of the spectrum of our beingness and we can be uh, copacetic with our body and then we can be connected to the earth and we can um, through this strength of connection to the natural world to the natural power of being alive in this creation and as we also open up our inner portals to that dimension of ourself that is energy that is spirit that is awareness then that means we can invite that level of awareness into our physical bodies, into the world, and we become a much greater expression of being. And and in this way, I don't think of myself as some kind of puppet master separated from my physical body, separated from the physicality and the expression of life, but I see it as all one unified expression And the way in which we can be learned to navigate this more successfully is in pulling it all together into the harmony of our being without rejecting any part of it. Even the uh, thought forms that we might consider to be toxic thought forms, it's still something very often we created. And so if this negative thought form engages in our body, you know, or if we're thinking fearful thoughts or we're thinking um, angry thoughts. So we could take that thought 
into that natural space. Take it into the energy of the flowing water. Take it into the majesty of the mountains. Take it into the aliveness of the trees. And take that energy and sit into that natural world, the power of the natural world, and let the natural world will grab that energy out of your consciousness and mulch it back into energy that can be used in another way. So it may be that when we have all these pressing worries and thoughts, yes, to recognize that this is not necessarily who we are in that moment. It may be something we created a moment ago. It may be something our ancestors created. It may be something that some opponent created. But the idea is not to run from it, but to um, dismantle it by delivering it perhaps through your awareness of it and uh, having the experience of it, letting it go, um, allowing it to flow into the earth, allowing it to um, flow into the air, allowing it to flow into the trees, bringing that breath from the trees into your body and transferring that breath into those thought forms and those energies so that it becomes, you can think of your breath as being much more expansive and, um, and your connection to reality much more expansive. So there's so it's the maintaining the awareness and not allowing ourselves to be victimized by all of this expansiveness in reality. And we not victimized because we are seeing it, we're moving it. And then we can get to the point where we can begin to not create accidentally thought forms that are going to bounce around in our fields recreating these uh, thought forms into experiences, but we can begin to generate, based on our awareness and our intent, those energetic forms, thought forms that are going to resonate through our field and bring us that aspect of experience that we will cherish and enjoy. I'm again playing another piece of music, question about what I'm saying. I love questions because it always causes me to think a little deeper or to question uh, myself, which is a wonder, we should all do that, it's a wonderful thing, um, or perhaps you have something you want to add to the conversation, you're welcomed. We're going to go to Walela and Earth Children. Just like the wind feels the fly of the sparrow, I feel you And just like the earth knows the rain comes tomorrow, I know you today. Time is not my friend, cause they say that time can have an end. But you
that was Walela. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, I'm calling from uh, Spanish Harlem. Mm-hmm. I'm a black woman in my 70s, and I'm loving the program. It's exactly what I need. I'm kind of all over the place uh, in my thinking, my feelings, uh, wanting so desperately to connect with nature, Mother Earth, and I just don't know what to do at the moment, and mm-hmm. I'm loving the program. Uh, thank you very much. Are Are you able to get outside and move around okay? Uh, not much, mm-hmm. uh, very little. Uh, I'm hoping uh, to get out a little more. I've had two people to, that I just reconnected with. They're out of town, and they're going to be helping me, and I'm hoping to get out more. I believe I will get out more. That's good. I think that, that that always helps, but you could also have nature with you in the sense of plants and natural things around you. Pets are a little hard to take care of, but sometimes pets can be helpful. Spending time at the window, looking at the sky, looking at the clouds. And it's really a question of connecting to um, giving yourself the space to really feel your breath. Because when we're breathing, the breathing is really the spirit moving through your body. And so, you, you know, you can take in a deep breath and sigh, you know, letting go of some of the anxiety and taking in a few breaths and then sort of as you exhale, feel that breath flowing through the tissues of your body like it's water uh, flowing through your body. And the same is true. It's like when you're drinking water, you can take the time because this is the natural world. This is the uh, force of life to hold the water, the glass in your hand and give gratitude to it. And as you are drinking it, you're drinking that water with the intent of allowing that expression of life to flow through your body so that you're really programming your water to be able to revitalize you in ways that wouldn't if you weren't doing it consciously. So there's a way that you can be bring your awareness your, into your activities, natural activities, and just understand that this is the natural way that I'm, you know, you can even visualize yourself as a tree. So when I do my classes, sometimes we do visualizations, and we send um, energy from our feet, um, uh, visualizing we're on the earth, and we let the energy flow out under us and be like roots of trees. And then we can just like the roots draw water from the earth, we can allow our roots to draw energy from the earth up into our body so that our visualization gives you the energy that you would normally have and naturally have while being in nature. So if you recognize that your body is part of the natural world and you have this power inside of you, then you begin to give it a little bit of attention wherever you can.
and then it will begin to build more strength inside of you, which will actually begin to transform you physically so that your blood will begin to flow more like a river. Your breath will be more deeper and be able to oxygenate you more. And so you can start small and begin to expand into having more strength. And then from there, you can go to start doing the other things that you want to be able to do. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. We're just about out of time. Thank you for your call very much. You've been listening to Heart of Mind Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Katherine Davis. Please join us again next Saturday at 6 p.m. For those of you who would like to be in touch about this program or other programs, please send an email to Heart of mind radio at gmail.com that's heart of mind radio at gmail.com to find more about the work of this host you can go to the website katherine dot one that's k-a-t-h-r-y-n dot o-n-e and for more about meditation, healing, and qigong, go to the website qigongonline.net, and that is q-i-g-o-n-g-o-n-l-i-n-e dot net. And you can always go to the archive page for Heart of Mind Radio at the Progressive Radio Network, prn.fm. Again, the quickest way to connect is through email, heartofmindradio at gmail.com. Take good care. May your week be full of grace and blessings. Bye for now.
Now.